Now filling in, here's Marie Osborne. Hey, welcome in. It is crunch time. I don't know if you're like me, but we do have guests coming over tomorrow. So it's been, well, my husband said it was a lot like watching Rommel invading North Africa. Just to the, you know, I had spreadsheets, I've got diagrams, I've got lists, I've got post-it notes. It's a little crazy what's going on at the house right now, trying to get everything done for the holiday. And of course, you know, trying to get a little work done. Uh, real work done, this work done. So it's been an interesting few days, but we'll get it done for tomorrow. Can't wait for tomorrow and having the family over. Um, we are looking forward to parades and football and good food and, of course, family and a lot of friends. So that's what it's all about. Even if you're spending the holiday with just one or two, it's just always great to have that moment to reflect and be grateful. So much going on today, despite it being the day before the holiday. Of course, we're watching as people by the thousands are taking to the roadways and to the skies, traveling out of town, traveling, making their way to Detroit to see family and friends. I mean, we're looking at about 55 million people taking to the roads and skies, according to AAA, this uh, holiday weekend. We want to take just a second to... Uh, review the big breaking story this hour. Um, This is from Buffalo, New York. They're investigating a vehicle explosion at the Rainbow Bridge border crossing between the U.S. and Canada. This is at Niagara Falls. I've been through this place myself many times. We have uh, family in upstate New York. So this is a very uh, big crossing. It's a major crossing, uh, U.S. Uh, Canada crossing, uh, just like we have here in the Detroit area. So this is um, quite a, a, an event that's unfolding there. We don't have a lot of information. This happened at about uh, 11, 12 o'clock today. They're saying that a vehicle uh, was making its way into the United States when there was some kind of explosion uh, the bridge was closed at 11.51 this morning, according uh, to uh, camera footage and other uh, sources by the bridge. A vehicle was trying to enter the U.S. side of the border, according to a spokesperson for the Niagara Falls Mayor's Office. They're saying they don't really know too much right now, but there was this vehicle trying to come into the U.S. They shut down both sides of the bridge. There was some kind of explosion, and they're just trying to determine what it is. But right now, that border crossing is completely closed, and I can't imagine with this type of um, travel that today is obviously a really, really busy day to make their way, people uh, making their way into the States for the holiday. Um, That's a real mess for a lot of travelers. We'll keep you posted on that. We'll keep an eye on it for you. Uh, coming up today. Uh, with us this afternoon, we have Danielle Mason. Always nice to have Danielle on board with us. You're liking the cake over there, Danielle? Is it is it cake? It's cake. What did you think it was? I thought it, well, I didn't know it was a cake. To All be right. Fair. I brought a I, cake in, but Dan, and it's in the shape of a cake, but. I thought it was like a chocolate chip cookies, but in cake form. That's what it tastes uh-uh. like to me. Really? Yeah, it's really oh. good. All I've right. Had three so pieces. as long as it's good, it's chocolate eclair pound cake. So Ooh. hopefully you like that. Mm. Brian Morton alongside, as always, Brian is the Energizer Bunny, always on duty. And, uh, and I knew it was cake. I recognized it straight you away. You recognized cake. I'm a, I'm a fat guy. We all know what yeah, cake looks like. <laughs> Listen, all of us recognize cake when we see it, right? All of us recognize cake when we see it. Uh, we're glad you're on board with us this afternoon. There's, As we said, there's a lot going on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the 
uh, what's happening in terms of uh, our plans with our staff here. Every, it's fun to listen to conversations the day before a holiday. What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? Who's coming over? What are you doing? What are you bringing? So it's always nice to hear what people have to say. Uh, tomorrow we have the Packers and the Lions at 1230. Of course, the parade. Uh, tomorrow's Thanksgiving Day parade. 97 years uh, for the parade. It begins at 845, three miles right down Woodward from Kirby to Cron- uh, Congress. It'll last about four, about an hour and a half. Um, the Packers-Lions game is at 1230, of course. Lots of folks are really, really excited for that. Uh, and aren't we all? We're all looking forward to that uh, football game tomorrow. Whether you're a football fan or not, everybody now in Detroit seems to have Lions fever. Uh it's hard to believe it's 60 years since the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Today marks uh, the 60th anniversary, and it really changed uh, history, not only for the country, but it's interesting. I was reading some accounts. It's changed Dallas history, really, uh, more than a half century uh, after the, the event took place. Uh, JFK's life continues to uh, inspire people and Still questions surround his death and what happened that day on November 22nd, 1963. Um, so and, and a lot of memories, too, for those of us that were around uh, then. I was in uh, first grade, and so I vaguely remember the events of this day. I do remember watch having been sent home from school early and the events that unfolded the following three or four days and being glued to our television sets as we watched um, the the funeral unfold and the investigation unfold. I, I happen to remember very distinctly the, uh, the night that um, his killer was killed right on national television. So uh, Lee Harvey Oswald shot by um, uh, Ruby. And I remember that because I was sitting with my father watching TV. And so that's not something that, you know, anyone readily forgets. So we're remembering that sp- day in history, a solemn day in history, 60 years ago today, uh, marking the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. We have been following this tech story the last couple of days, uh, the ouster of the leader of ChatGPT. And he was the maker of the OpenAI, which is, of course, revolutionary, revolutionizing how we really look at technology in our uh, everyday life. Well, He was kicked out. Sam Altman was kicked out by his board of directors. It was kind of vague reasons why he was kicked out. And uh, he left. This was earlier this week. And within hours, most of the staff that worked for ChatGPT said they were going to quit unless the board hired this guy back. Unless they hired Sam Altman back, they were all going to quit. And... Uh, Sam Altman had a big job offer from Microsoft. So in other words, he was going to go to the competition, bring his knowledge, bring his expertise to the competition, as well as probably taking hundreds of these employees from the company with him. Well, guess what? The board now reconsidering. They've hired him back. This has got to be th- this will be uh, certainly discussed long and hard in business school uh, for weeks, if not months and years to come. What happened here? Why was he fired? Why was there a rehire other than people saying that that was probably a very, very dumb move on the part of the um, on the part of the company, letting go somebody who has that kind of 
background in technology. And as we've been talking about, tech is really changing faster than people can understand it, and certainly faster than our lawmakers can really understand it. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about uh, AI, artificial intelligent uh, intelligence. A lot of times, if you look at it like the Industrial Revolution, we didn't really have a good idea. You know, we couldn't fully grasp at the time what the Industrial Revolution would bring many years later. And that's kind of where I think we are right now. There's good, there's bad, there's things we don't understand about it. Certainly what we do know is that it's uh, it's going to open our minds and our way of thinking in terms of uh, the medical advancements that uh, artificial intelligence can provide to us. And the diagnostic, we can do aviation safety. There are so many things that can be very helpful to society. And, of course, there's a lot of bad things, too. And we've talked so much about that here on WJR. And really, this is just uh, the surface of what's happening in terms of our society with artificial intelligence. We are going to continue here on WJR. When we come back... It is Small Business Saturday, uh, obviously, this weekend. And, of course, we've got Black Friday, lots of big shopping time for a lot of families and a lot of folks. But we're going to focus on Small Business Saturday. We've got a small business owner coming in. We're going to talk to Brian Kelly uh, about what it means to small businesses when we walk into a shop and actually buy something in a store. We'll talk about that when we come back here on WJR. What do you plan to do for your shopping adventures coming up on Black Friday and Small Business Saturday? You know, Small Business Saturday hasn't been around that long. Uh, It's been about 10, 12 years that there's been this push to concentrate on small businesses and communities and how important it really is to uh, shop uh, local because uh, this means that Uh, The money stays right in our communities. According to the U.S. Small Business Administration, small businesses comprise over 98% of Michigan businesses, and they employ half of Michigan workers. So about uh, for every $100 spent at a local business, about $68 stays right in our local economy. This is a vitally important part of our economy, small businesses, and we're going to ask you today to participate with us. What is your favorite small business to go to, whether it's the holidays or not? Are there a small, is there a small business that you absolutely have to go to that when you drive by, you just have to shop, just have to stop in? you have a favorite destination shopping area, uh, give us a call at 1-800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. If you have a small business that you absolutely adore, uh, please give us a call. We want to hear about it. I have some favorites. Um, We'll start with a place called Urbanum here in Detroit. It's right here by the Boulevard and Woodward Avenue. It's a little home decorating shop. Uh, During the pandemic, I did all of my Christmas shopping at this shop. They have a wide assortment of stuff, and the stuff is really high quality. It's different. It's unusual. Um, There's Friends and Son Hardware in Royal Oak. If you've got a man on your list that is really hard to buy for, Friends and Sons Hardware, you can get a gift certificate there. They'll thank you. They're 
old-fashioned uh, hardware store where you can go in and you can ask for a whatchamacallit, and they're going to bring you over, and they'll show you 10 whatchamacallits and tell you how to use them. Uh, there is, we talked to Lori Carble yesterday in Birmingham, a great little retailer. Studio Sandra, Marsha Hovland, uh, two shops that are side-by-side side in, in, in Royal Oak on 4th Street. Signal Return in Detroit, where they do uh, printing, uh, hand printing there. Uh, the Stamp Peddler in Northville, another great shop. They're all over. Give us a call with your favorite store, one 800 859 Eight five nine zero nine five seven, and let us know where you like to shop. Maybe where you like to do your Christmas shopping, or where you're going to go uh, the, uh, for Small Business Saturday. I, I know Brian and I, when we talked about this, we talked about what shops that he likes to go to, and he says he's. I, I didn't peg you as a shopper, Brian, but I suppose <laughs> you are. Well, everybody has to shop. That's how stuff gets to my house generally. Uh, I love there is a, and this is you would love this place, Marie. It is a bakery. In oh, yeah. downtown Trenton. Yep. It's called Elliott's Bakery. I have a patch on my jacket. Uh, it's been there since the 1930s. Everything homemade that morning. When they run out, it's over. But Elliott's Bakery in downtown Trenton, oh. You know what? The um, Whenever a bakery says, um, you know, it's here until it's gone, you know that that's, I don't know, to me that's the sign of a good bakery because they're not making any more. They're not into production. They're just going to put out what they have, and they'll start again tomorrow. And that's always a really good sign. And Trenton, of course, has a lot of great little shops. Absolutely, downtown Trenton, downtown Wyandotte. I was just going to mention place. downtown total Wyandotte. Yeah, if you've got or total a... health food, sorry, total health food. Yes, I didn't peg you as a health food shopper uh, either. <laughs> I I wasn't, and I wouldn't have been, but it is. Uh, my stepson took me there when we went in. He was looking for vitamins or organic something or other. And they are the nicest people running Total Health Food that you will ever meet. It's two ladies. They're twins. They own it. And I went in when before I had my knee replaced, and I was having terrible knee pain. I was looking for glucosamine. And they both, oh, no, you don't want that. And they will recommend things for you, no matter what ails you or you're going on. It is wonderful. And there is a ton of great shopping in downtown Wyandotte, too. And uh, you know what? This is what we're talking about today, about the uh, small business experience. When you walk into a locally owned shop, the first of all, the owner is usually there or yeah. on premises or some someplace. And they want to get to know you. They want to know who you are, what you need. Because here's the thing, they know that if you're not happy with your purchase, you're going to come back. So they don't want that. They really want you to walk out of the out of that Absolutely. store, uh, you know, happy and uh, happy with your purchase. And there's one other place right by my house, the Detroit Salsa Company. Oh, sounds good. I have not been allowed in there yet. Bev says I don't need salsa and chips. I was just going to say because the salsa always comes with the <laughs> chips. The salsa yeah. really is good for you. But they're making it. Right on site. They're making fresh salsa here in Detroit. It's right there on site. And uh, it it calls my name every time I walk or drive past it. And I haven't made the trip in yet. I've seen them on. I think Channel 4 had them on. It. I love good salsa. Yeah. Is it called again Detroit Salsa? It's called the Detroit Salsa Company. Okay. Yep. You know, we're going to have to keep, we're going to have to do some taste testing on that one. <laughs> is that Dave Rieger that I see uh, that behind That is Dave Rieger. It Danielle is. Uh, had sitting, to bow sitting, out in, sitting in for a second for Danielle. Danielle. So do you, do you, I don't peg you as a shopper either. 
not unless I have a reason to go specifically, but I do like the downtown Farmington has a lot of nice oh, independent yeah. uh, stores. I yeah, live in Farmington Hills, too. and they have a lot of nice, you know, uh, independent businesses uh, right there on the corner, like where Grand River meets Farmington right there. And you know, uh, it's really cool. They have some really cool shops right there on the corner. I recall, though, Dave, now that you're talking about this, because I asked you about not being a shopper. I think you know where I'm going with this. A couple of years ago, we were, uh, I, I know Kevin Dietz was doing a show. I was with him, and you were producing. <laughs> I know where this we, is going. <laughs> we had a little conversation <laughs> about you buying a Hanukkah gift. Yes. Was it for your mother? It was. And she, you, she wanted some Sharpies. And you ordered Sharpies. I did, from Amazon, and uh, they did not show up. Yes, that was it. I was very upset. And boy, did we ever give yeah. you the business for yes. buying a pack of Sharpies for yeah. your mom. They were, uh, there was a jumbo pack, if I recall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did take a lot. Of, I did take a lot of heat from you. And I, I see you haven't forgotten. So No, because it remains <laughs> one of the funniest things. Because I just remember thinking, you know, I don't know that I'd be able to admit that like on the air, much less <laughs> like, like, you know, at work in general. But we're, you know, we're talking to a few more people here. Right. So, but Dave, Dave showed his true colors yeah. to being the magnificent uh, gift giver that but he is. I'm a big gift card guy. You didn't like that either. But no, yes. no, no, no. Because you know what? When you buy yeah. a gift, it doesn't show any thought. I know. Yeah. Although, like, it's just I, so convenient, though. It is. Although I did mention, you know, like if you go to Friends and Son, if you got a guy on your on your list, you could, you know, easily go to like a place like Friends and Son. That to me, you know, it's a hardware store. It's something cool. It's something very, you know, unique. We do have a caller, Dana, calling us in. Hi, Dana. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Where do you like to shop? Uh, well, one of my favorite places to shop is the Rochester Hills Public Library, Small Business Saturday. They uh, have a deal going with the Rochester Writers Group, and they've got 20 authors coming in, uh, all different genres, independent, traditional published. Uh, so if you know a book lover, this is a great place to shop, and you get to talk with the authors. All right, so it's the tell me again, Rochester Library, Rochester Public Library. Yeah, Rochester Hills Public Library. It's uh, downtown off of Old Main, and it'll be in the uh, media room on Saturday. I believe it's uh, one to four each. Oh yeah, year. we can we can look that up. Dana, thanks for the call. We really appreciate it. Now that's some place that I didn't think you could go is the library to buy a book. But what a great idea! Of course, books are always a welcome gift for anybody, and plus you'd be meeting the author. That's pretty cool. Uh, we continue here. We're going to talk more about Small Business Saturday when we come back here on WJR. We'll return. Now filling in here's Marie Osborne. Be sure to download the WJR app. It is free or you can stream through WJR.com, Alexa or Google Home. I personally use Alexa when I'm at home. Easy peasy way to keep uh, WJR right with you when you need us. And we uh, this afternoon, we are looking at a major developing story uh, in Canada. The Peace and Rainbow Bridges connecting Canada and the U.S. are closed after an explosion on the American side on the Rainbow Bridge. This is uh, at the Niagara Falls crossing. Uh, because of this checkpoint crossing, there was a vehicle explosion at the checkpoint crossing on the American side of the U.S.-Canada Bridge in Niagara Falls. Uh, the, they have closed four border crossings in that area. Again, that happened on the U.S. side. A car came up 
to the checkpoint, and we understand that two people have died in this incident, and at least one Border Patrol agent has been injured. That's the word we're getting right now. Now, Fox News is calling this an attempted a terror attack at the New York-Canada border. We are making attempts to get a hold of people who are um, at the Ambassador Bridge, of course. We need to check in with them to make sure everything is moving along smoothly at the Ambassador Bridge. Needless to say, this is an enormous travel day uh, for people trying to get into the United States, obviously for the Thanksgiving holiday. It is important that our borders are moving quickly and, and smoothly. This is definitely going to impact travel into the United States. Uh, The New York governor, Kathy Hochul, said on X that she's been briefed on the incident uh, at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls. They're monitoring that situation. State agencies are on site. They are ready to assist. We're also getting reports that the Ontario Provincial Police, as well as the United States, the FBI here is involved in the investigation here. Uh, they, the U.S. border, uh, uh, they are at the U.S. border patrol centers in the Niagara region. Uh, and again, uh, one uh, again from Ontario Provincial Police saying that they are currently the Rainbow Bridge closed in both directions at Niagara Falls. I can't imagine what the traffic is backed up in that area right now. That is a very busy crossing on any day of the week, having gone through there many times myself. I can't imagine what it's like today on a holiday. So uh, it's going to be a very uh, uh, difficult situation that they try to uh, see themselves through. Again, two people are dead after what Fox News is characterizing as a terror attack at the New York-Canada border at the bridge crossing there. It's called the Rainbow Bridge. It is a very long bridge crossing from one side to the other. Uh, There's a a lot of uh, gates that you can uh, use to cross the bridge there. Again, it's a very busy crossing, much as our Ambassador Bridge or our tunnel crossing is here uh, in and out of uh, uh, Canada for us. It's similar to that. So we are trying to get a hold of our officials here locally to see if there's any special precautions that they are taking um, the Buffalo Airport uh, would undergo heightened security uh, checks this afternoon. We are getting that from the Transportation Authority out of New York, that the Buffalo Airport would undergo security checks higher than normal. The authority said travelers should also expect additional screenings at that airport. Again, no further information has been uh, given out in terms of the actual extent of the explosion, other than to say It was about 10 minutes to noon today that they closed the bridge down. This is the Peace and Rainbow Bridge uh, connecting Canada and the United States. Uh, They closed it down after an explosion on the American side of the Rainbow Bridge. And we understand that there have been two deaths uh, here involved in this. And I know, Brian, you've been efforting. I have been hunting down somebody. We did find somebody. Uh, at the Ambassador Bridge, they can't talk on the record. Uh, they've got no information about this officially, but they just said their their antenna is up and they're waiting to be briefed. 
Uh, so then uh, I can imagine, I can only assume that it's screening and precautions coming in through the Ambassador Bridge as well as the tunnel are going to be a little tighter this afternoon. I can only imagine, as they will probably be from the physical crossings everywhere uh, along the border this afternoon. And, and I think it also depends on what the official people send back to us here because Fox News is reporting this as a terror attack. I haven't been able to confirm that with anyone. any other news yes. source online right. that it's a terror attack. Right. Uh, now, it very well could be, but... Well, at we this always, point, I hate to say terror attack and get everybody wound up when it could just right. be some and, job. And and we want to, again, you know, explain how this works. Uh, you know, we're attributing that to Fox News. They are the ones who are reporting that this is a terror attack. We are not getting that information from an official news source. They have their sources. We would rather be right uh, than first. That's just the way it is. So we're saying that this is how they're reporting this particular incident. Uh, It certainly looks pretty suspicious that a car uh, comes across, uh, again, on the U.S. side, trying to get to the Canadian side, and that it explodes for some reason uh, at the checkpoint there. The Rainbow Bridge is a very long bridge that uh, connects, obviously, Canada to the United States. Um, I've been through there during holiday times. I remember one time it was the 4th of July holiday, and we waited hours to cross that bridge. So I can't imagine, uh, Brian, you can also that's imagine. That's the bridge that's by Niagara Falls, right, isn't it? Right okay. by Niagara Falls, right. Yeah. In fact, you, you go very near the falls as you uh, cross right. this bridge. And it's uh, beautiful. It's a beautiful area of the country, and it's beautiful in that area. But um, it's a very busy border crossing, so you can imagine that things are very heightened in that area right now again brian did get a hold of somebody at the ambassador bridge they were not allowed to speak uh on the record which is often the case we do wait for uh official word to come from the people in charge that they're the ones who are allowed to make these sorts of statements um and they are waiting to be briefed that was the word we got from the ambassador bridge we are going to continue to keep our eye on this very important developing story for you throughout the afternoon hopefully when we come back we'll be able to get to some of our other interviews that we have planned for the afternoon but meanwhile we'll continue to follow this for you as well stay with us here on WJR and we are back we're watching a uh, developing story here out of Niagara Falls The FBI is investigating a vehicle explosion at the Rainbow Bridge border crossing between the U.S. and Canada. Uh, An attempted terror attack, according to uh, Fox News. We have not been able to confirm that with any sources, but they are uh, citing some unnamed sources. Explosives were in a vehicle at the time. Two people were in a car and they have died while a Border Patrol officer and I'm uh, finding on from my sources that this was a Canadian Border Patrol agent was injured. Uh, sources have also told Fox News that the vehicle was driving from the U.S. into Canada and was attempting to drive toward the border uh, officer building. All the bridges are closed in that area right now. Government buildings have also been evacuated in that area. This is, of course, at the area of, you know, most notably for us, this is at the uh, 
U.S. and Canadian border at Niagara Falls. It's easy for us to understand where that is. It's an international border crossing. Um, all of the border proce- processing places and points have been shut down at this point in that area. There are four ports of entry between Canada and the U.S. near Niagara Falls as per the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Office. Um, A spokesperson for the Niagara Falls Mayor's Office telling CNN they don't have very much information right now, just that there was a vehicle trying to cross into the U.S. and they shut down both sides of the bridge. The bridge reported closed just before noon today, and we were getting more information. um, And that's when the story broke for us was about um, a, a little bit, after that, uh, that this happened. So the FBI is coordinating with local, state, and federal law enforcement partners in the investigation. The situation, as you can well imagine, is very fluid uh, at this time. Uh, we do understand that the FBI, along with Canadian officials, are involved in the investigation here. Now, let's. Uh, we are lucky enough to get a hold of Andy Arena, former FBI agent, uh, to talk a little bit about what some of the developments and what might be happening a little bit behind the scenes uh, in uh, this investigation. Good afternoon, Andy. Hi, Marie. Good afternoon. Hi. Can what have you learned anything maybe more than we have about what has happened this afternoon at this bridge connecting the U.S. and Canada near Niagara Falls? No, basically just, you know, what's on CNN and Fox News, what, what's being reported. And I always caution everybody that, you know, that initial information, uh, a lot of it is usually ends up being wrong, right? So there's kind of a rush. We want to get that information out. But, you know, what's happening right now is, is the FBI and law enforcement, you know, they're, uh, they're looking at that vehicle, who was in that vehicle, what type of, you know, was there explosive devices, uh, in that vehicle? Um, what do they have, um, and probably most importantly, are there other people connected? Are there other potential um, uh, terrorist attacks, if this is a terrorist attack? So I think, you know, right now, their, their number one um, job is, is certainly protect the homeland. So I think that's really what the focus is. And uh, we, Andy, we just wanted to tell you, too, that uh, Brian Morton, our producer this afternoon, uh, did get a hold of, actually got a call through to the Ambassador Bridge. He was giving that, getting that rapid busy signal. So you can tell that they're very busy at the Ambassador Bridge this afternoon. But uh, the, whoever answered the phone said, of course, they could not speak uh, on the record uh, and that they were waiting to be briefed uh, on what had happened. Can we assume that there will be heightened security at other border crossings like here at the Ambassador Bridge or at the tunnel here in Detroit? Oh, Marie, I think that's that's definitely a fair assumption. I think that's that's already happened. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's reports that that's happened in the Buffalo area, but I think you're going to see it uh, particularly uh, along the, the northern border crossings. Um, I'm sure it's happened here in Detroit. And they also said that the Buffalo Airport now has uh, heightened security in place. I'm, I'm, I don't know if they go, they have different levels of security or whatever, but they have heightened security at the airport there as well. Do you think that, uh, look, this is a big holiday for us. We've got a lot of people on the roads, a lot of people traveling. This is the kind of scenario that we've kind of talked about in the past. Is this, do you anticipate that if this turns out to be, something serious as we're kind of being led to believe right now that that could uh, be the case for the rest of the weekend here as we face with all these thousands of travelers? 
Most definitely, Mary. And I think, I mean, this is, you know, the busiest travel day of the year is today. So I think that's obviously, I mean, if this is a, a an act of terrorism, uh, there's certainly no coincidence that, that this day was picked, right? Um, you know, I think our experience here in Detroit with the underwear bomber in Christmas Day 2009, you know, you saw immediately uh, the security at all airports and border crossings across the country where it was, I mean, they were up immediately, right? Because the, the, the fear is, are there other attacks? You know, is this a diversion? Is this part of a bigger attack? Um, so, yeah, security is going to be ramped up uh, exponentially around the country. You have a lot of experience, of course, having been a former FBI. Uh, can you give us an insight as to what might be happening behind the scenes? Like, where do they start with something like this? Well, I think that you're going to start right with the vehicle, right? And what is the, what caused this explosion? Uh, what was in the vehicle? Um, if it wasn't an explosive device or explosives, you know, what type? Uh, the individuals in the car, who are they identifying them? Um, is there anything that can be of, of, of assistance? Now, obviously, there was, there was explosion and fire, but, you know, going back to the underwear bomber here, you know, we had a treasure trove of evidence that, you know, he was expecting to, to blow the plane up, right? And what we ended up getting was what we call pocket litter. I mean, <laughs> things that, you know, scraps of paper, business cards, his phone, uh, electronic devices. And so if they're lucky enough to get those types of things, um, that's, that's great evidence to trace back, you know, who are these, who are these guys, who are they in contact with? Uh, what are the other potential, uh, uh, targets out there? So I think that's really, they're starting right now, ground zero at that vehicle. And we understand that two people were killed here. Uh, the, there were individuals that were in this vehicle. We also understand that a Border Patrol agent was injured. Um, I'm looking at a source that's saying that it was a Canadian uh, Border Patrol agent who was injured. We don't know the extent of these injuries. We really have not yet confirmed um, the deaths either, but we're working on that as well. So any um, any anticipating in terms of these this isn't really considered a soft target is what i'm trying to get at we when you go through the border it's you know you, you they are pretty uh um meticulous about how many cars go through that it's one car at a time there's a lot of surveillance uh the the, the border patrol agents have guns so it seems to me that this is a pretty brazen attack if it turns out to be that yeah, you hit right on the head. I mean, these are trained professionals um, at, at, on both sides of the border, you know, and beyond the training is experience. And so uh, they're armed. They, they have a lot of uh, uh, surveillance equipment there, um, but a lot of it is their experience. And so, you know, it, it, what we're hearing is that um, this vehicle was secondary, meaning that something tipped off the um the the original customs agent uh, to to push them to a you know for a secondary examination. Uh, so you know there's it, it you know it, it is not. You know I, I heard somebody uh, Fox News was, or CNN was calling it a soft target. And I you know I, mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that's a soft target. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty hardened law enforcement uh, rich environment. So right. um, so I, yeah I think you're exactly right. Andy, we want to thank you very much for taking on the fly, as they say, taking time out of your really busy day to talk to us about this. I know that you were right in saying that we don't have solid information right now. We're looking at some pretty decent reporting, 
but it's not solid right now, and we're anticipating more information. And I am watching as uh, Prime Minister uh, Trudeau is speaking uh, right now, and we're not sure if he's addressing this very issue or not, but we'll be picking up on that. Thank you, Andy. Have a safe Thanksgiving. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Marie. You too. And we'll continue here on WJR. Now filling in, here's Marie Osborne. Trans-Siberian Orchestra hitting the road with the ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO, and more. And you could see them at the tour stop of your choice. Rock out at the Capitol for Christmas party in New Orleans or find warmer weather in Orlando. You get to pick. One winner will score two tickets to their Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert of choice. Round-trip airfare, three nights hotel, plus a $1,000 gift card for your holiday shopping. Prize provided by Wild Child Touring. To enter next, uh, to enter, text this hour's national keyword, which is STAR, to 95819. That's STAR to 95819 for full details and official contest rules visit wjr.com well we've spent an awful lot of time talking about what's been happening at niagara falls the crossing there with this explosion that happened earlier today two people have died fbi is on uh investigating along with canadian authorities two people again as we know uh have been uh killed in this the investigation is still underway We are not clear as to what happened other than a car exploded coming from the U.S. into Canada. The car did, according to numerous sources, have explosives in it. Um, And it was during a secondary check uh, that this happened. Now, we are going to keep our eye on this developing story for you throughout the next hour. But we're going to continue with some of the programming that we had uh, already planned for. And we've been talking so much about Black Friday. Of course, we have Thanksgiving tomorrow and the Lions game. But Black Friday is on its way. Then Saturday, it's Small Business Saturday. And we've invited our very favorite small business (laughs) owner, Rachel Lutz. She is the proprietress of the Peacock Room and Frida and Yama here. We have uh, uh, Yama and the Peacock Room here in the Fisher Building. And, of course, Frida is down as well as another Peacock satellite um, down at the Park Shelton. Rachel, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for having me. We love talking to you about the greatness of small business shopping. Thank you for having me. I think it's really a wonderful time of year to think about all of the holiday shopping that we want to do, not just for gifts, not just for gifts for ourselves, but for host gifts. It's a wonderful time that we're gathering with folks and we're we're thinking of all the things that we want to delight them with. So we carry so much economic power with these decisions. And I love it when people are conscientious with how they spend their dollars and keep businesses in their own neighborhoods. Talk about the economic impact of shopping local. I mean, I I personally, what I like about shopping local is that someone knows my name when I walk in the door. They know what I like. They don't, you know, they're not going to show me something I really don't want. (laughs) They they know, they know. And I love that. But there's economic impact behind that. There is. Before algorithms existed online, uh, you had your Jacobson sales lady and she knew exactly what you needed and she would call you. Um, But yes, the economics behind it 
So when we spend a dollar, if you spend a dollar online, statistics say that less than one cent of that dollar remains in our local economy. When you shop in a chain store locally, which is still supporting a local job, uh, about like 35 cents of every dollar. And when you shop locally, 68 cents, nearly 70% of your money stays in your local economy. So with all of the, the job creation out there, with all of what, what is powerful about the economy right now, we don't want to let those dollars evaporate or go overseas or go to, you know, Seattle or wherever. We want them to stay as local as we can and support local jobs and also local real estate. I think that after the pandemic especially, we are really seeing the the um, prevalence of more empty storefronts in our neighborhoods and that's not good for anybody. So in order to, uh, you know, keep those businesses nearby, we need to support them. We talked to Lori Carble yesterday, a proprietor. Ah, in, she's a in, beautiful shop in yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, in yeah. Birmingham. And, um, you know, I watched her during the pandemic. She, she's been in business almost 30 years. She's a seasoned veteran. She's yes. seasoned. <laughs> and not only that, she has reinvented herself so many times and pivot, pivot, pivot all you the have time. You and you did the same thing with your shops and your stores, not just for the pandemic, but for general taste and trends, right? Thank you. I mean, we try not to cater too much to trend. We try to cater to what is classic, what is a good investment. Um, at the Peacock Room, my main criteria is what get you a compliment from a stranger. Uh, but really, you want we want to make sure that we are staying up to trend with how people shop. People still want an experience when they make the effort to drive all the way to your store. And we get folks from two states over, Canada, everywhere. We want to delight them. So that has stayed consistent. Um, but yeah, we do want to make it more convenient for folks. When the pandemic hit, we started doing Facebook live shows, which oh, are, yes. they're fun. I mean, we we tell terrible dad jokes. We sing bad <laughs> karaoke. Um, so we want to make it interactive and fun online shopping and not just a static website uh, so that's really helped not only sell things online in an unconventional way, uh, it's also given us more foot traffic, but it also creates a moment of connection between people. And that's what people love when they shop is a lot of us still want that human interaction. Uh, we want a connection with other people. So that's why we love to shop local. And that's why I love doing the Facebook live shows. So I have to tell you a little devil's advocate thing here. So I do have to tell you this. I because I bring I, it. I, I, <laughs> I like hearing what people say on social media. It's because you, you get a kind of a, you know, that's the that's the town square. And yes. You get to hear everything. Yes. So someone had ta- lamented that they had wanted to purchase something that like it's a it was an item you would buy at a, at a drugstore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they went online and they said, no, you know what? I'm going to go to the local drugstore and buy this item. They went to look for it. They couldn't find it. She said, I even got on my hands and knees and looked Aww. down, you know, looking looking around for it. Couldn't find it. So I went to the front because, of course, there's nobody in the store. Yeah. No employees in the store to And help I have you. to ask, was this a national chain or was I, this an independent drugstore? I, she didn't say. So <laughs> she didn't say. So she went to the front of the drugstore and she asked this person behind the counter, hey, I'm looking for this. And they 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 just wagged their finger in the air and said, <gasps> oh. oh, between aisles seven and eight and uh, it should be over there. And she stood there and she said... I turned around and walked out and went ahead and ordered it online. You know what? Service is yeah. still king, isn't it? Service is always king, especially when, so, like you just said, somebody <laughs> took the trouble to go into a brick and mortar. Um, that's definitely, you know, a challenge. So 
we have like at the Peacock Room, we try to to uh, emulate the level of service that Hudson's had. Um, I took the trouble to go to a local store the other day and. I physically took two laps around the shop before anyone even greeted me. <laughs> I had a whole list of things I needed. Um, but yes, I think sometimes I, I don't want to assume she was at a chain drugstore. Right, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but service is what you're key to your, is, your, your secret sauce is, it is what you're critical. saying. Yeah, yeah. Our special sauce is amazing service. You can look at the reviews for the Peacock Room online. Um, but also remarkable things. I always say that there's always a market for the remarkable. Uh, I literally travel the world and I find interesting and beautiful things that you wouldn't find elsewhere. I've been to the Pearl Market in China. I've been to the UK for vintage sterling. Um, I see and feel all the clothing that I bring into the shop before we debut it on the floor. So when you come in, I've saved you all that trouble of having to scout around running from location to location. Uh, we have ladies that come in and, and they, they already seem defeated, but when they walk in the door and they say, I know you're not going to have anything that fits me because I just spent hours at unnamed local upscale shopping mall and they didn't have anything and I looked in every store and they come in and within 15 minutes they have multiple options yeah. that fit them off the rack. So sometimes the value is the editing that you find in a small business. Uh, uh, an independent shop owner handpicks everything for you and they know their neighborhood. They know their customer base. So I love it when people can come in and find what they need and that service in itself as well. And when Rachel talks about this in her store, she, uh, this is what I love about her. She really is a champion for all small business owners. So whether it's her shop or somebody else's, uh, you're going to, she really champions that and, and really wants people to know that that's what you're going to be getting at a small business shop. So you, uh, <laughs> quick plug. First of all, congratulations on Women to Lead, Who Lead. Thank you. You with Ann Thomas. You were, you it was were a huge one of the, honor. I know, right? Thank you. So we're, we were very happy to have you in this year's class. And you have holiday hours, I'm sure, coming up for the Peacock Room and elsewhere. We do. Small Business Saturday weekend is coming up. It's Well, we call it Small Business Saturday weekend. We don't do the Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and then Random Sunday. <laughs> um, but we are open Friday and Saturday, 11 to 7. We are open uh, Sunday, I believe, 11 to 6. Uh, you can check our Facebook page, our Instagram, shoppeacockroom.com, our website. You'll see all of our holiday hours there. Um, but yes, a lot of a lot of your local retailers, be sure to call them before you head over. Um, you know, many of us have to keep up with Facebook, Google, Yelp, Instagram. Right. Uh, so just call your just favorite make shop. Sure you call. Yes. Absolutely. We want you to call. We want you to make sure. And if you are thinking about ordering something online, call your favorite local shop and ask them if they have a retail neighbor that might have that item in stock as well. Good idea. Rachel Lutz, thank you so much. Congratulations on the Women Who Lead. And thank we'll you. continue here on WJR. And we continue to update you on the story developing in Niagara Falls where two people are dead in a vehicle explosion at the Rainbow Bridge. This is uh, the uh, entry point between the U.S. and Canada, the border crossing there uh, near Niagara Falls. We understand the FBI is in on this investigation. Uh, we understand that the four points of entry in that area have now been closed as this investigation unfolds. We understand there was a car coming into the U.S. Uh, uh, from Canada and that a that it exploded at a secondary uh, 
checkpoint, uh, you know, when you go through the first checkpoint, sometimes they ask you to pull ahead and they do a further investigation on your vehicle. That's uh, reportedly where this incident took place. This is according to several uh, uh, news affiliates in the Buffalo area who are reporting on this. Uh, We have uh, checked in with folks at the Ambassador Bridge at the tunnel who tell us that they are waiting for a briefing. We uh, we don't know if there's any uh, further heightened security there. We talked to Andy Arena, former FBI agent, who tells us you can well imagine that there would be some heightened uh, security going on at all border crossings, physical border crossings, due to what's happened here until they can get to the bottom of it. We uh, Brian Morton did get a call from one of our listeners telling us that on the Blue Water Bridge, um, the wait time is getting uh, into the United States, coming into the United States, 90 minutes for cars, 60 to 70 minutes for commercial vehicles. Uh, again, that's coming into the United States. Of course, this is a very, needless to say, right, the heavy, 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 heavy travel day. Uh, for everyone. So we wish everyone safe travels today and we'll continue to keep an eye on what's developing in Niagara Falls. Well, a ceasefire agreement between the Hamas militant group and the uh, and Israel has now been confirmed. We woke up to this uh, news this morning. The Israeli government said that under this deal, Hamas has to free over uh, has is free over four day period to at least uh, 50 of the roughly 240 hostages taken on October 7th in the attack at Israel. In exchange, 150 Palestinian prisoners prisoners will be released by Israel. That's what was agreed upon. They agreed now to have a ceasefire to have this happen. Some of the other details we don't know yet, but we wanted to get a good overview on what this means. Howard uh, Lupovich uh, is joining us, professor of history and director of the Khan Haddow Center for Ju- uh, Judaic Studies. And we welcome you into the program today uh, to give us a little insight. What are your thoughts when you first heard about this deal? Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, first, it's obviously good news for the 50 50- hostages and for the 50 families in Israel who have been waiting very anxiously for any kind of good news like that. So in that sense, it's definitely good news. I would also say, though, this is not a, this is not the end. This is the beginning because there's still nearly 200 more hostages who are still be held, being held by Hamas. So while this is the first step, uh, it's important to remember that it's certainly not the end. Eventually, all of these hostages have to be freed by Hamas and hopefully sooner rather than later. But the fact that Hamas uh, was willing to make this gesture, I, I think a positive sign, and hopefully it will continue in that way. So um, I have so many questions about uh, this deal and what your thoughts are about it, but my first thought was when I heard that there would be 40 or 50 people, um, how, what, which 50 people? Who's doing the picking? How do we know who the 50 people are? I don't know that they have a solid list of the 240 hostages yet. Uh, so h- how do you think that's going to take place? Well, you're right. We don't know. We know it's, we know it's 40 or 50 people, hopefully 50. Um, as far as who they're going to let out, nobody knows. This is anyone's guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I imagine they'll give preference to women and children. The children will be the first to be released. I imagine there'll be some consideration to release hostages who are not Israelis but are from other countries, right. uh, a move like that. But it's anybody's guess. Uh, also, uh, one of the things I'm curious about is this ceasefire. Obviously, the, you can't have uh, 
hostilities, active hostilities going on and trying to release uh, hostages in this way. And, and we can't forget that there's a 150 Palestinian prisoners that they want released as well. So, but a lot of people have said that any ceasefire will mean that this will be an opportunity for Hamas to reorganize, to re-strengthen itself, and that it could just spell disaster. Do you do you feel that way? Do you think that that's what, what might happen here? Uh, it's possible, but I think that the release of these 50 hostages, it's worth taking the risk because it's a four-day ceasefire. It's not a permanent ceasefire. Uh, as far as I know, the ceasefire doesn't mean Israel is going to withdraw. So in other words, they're not going to lose the territory they gained. But yes, there is the possibility that Hamas could be regrouped. But there's also the possibility that the IDF could use these four days to gather more intel mm -hmm. to prepare the next move. The other big problem with the ceasefire is in the past, Hamas doesn't have the greatest record of being reliable in uh, hearing to ceasefires. So, I mean, one of the big questions is, are they actually going to stop shooting missiles for the next four days? Mm -hmm. In the past, that hasn't always been the case, and we hope it's the case because it'll give Israeli four-day respite not to have to have sirens and missiles being shot at them. Uh, I have a question about that, too. Um, Hamas doesn't strike me as being uh, a well-oiled machine, military machine, and that, uh, okay, so the group that's done the negotiating says, all right, four days, ceasefire, got that, but there may be factions who won't adhere to that. Well, well, I mean, I think you're, you're personally right. First of all, it's not good to, un, to underestimate Hamas as a military force. They're not a conventional army, but they've proven themselves to be effective, especially in the last two months. But as you say, the difficulty in Hamas in adhering to a ceasefire is trying to get every Hamas operative to follow it, partly because, I mean, the, 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 the ideology of Hamas is there's a there's a kind of zealotry involved here. And yeah. Each each Hamas fighter really believes what they're doing is is for some larger, greater, sometimes theological purpose. The other thing is in Hamas's own charter and their own covenant, these kinds of negotiations are actually against a basic tenet of Hamas, which says no negotiations, no deals, no compromises. So that's one of the big question marks. But but given the situation, we, we can hope that Hamas will, will be able to rein in their militants not to, not to, to, to attack for the next four days. Uh, Professor Howard uh, Lupovich, we want to thank you. Uh, Lupovich, I'm sorry. Thank you for joining us, Professor of History and the Director of the Cohn Haddo Center for Judaic Studies. Good insights on what we really see as good news today and hopefully more news to come. We'll continue here on WJR in a moment. Now filling in, here's Marie Osborne. And we welcome you back this afternoon. Be sure to download the WJR app. It is free, or you can stream through WJR.com, Alexa, or Google Home. I use Alexa when I'm at home to listen to WJR and see what's happening. So be sure you do that. We want to just continue to update you on what's happening uh, in uh the bridge crossing between the United States and Canada near Niagara Falls. It's called the Rainbow Bridge. It is closed along with four other border crossings in that area. 
Uh, there was an explosion at the border crossing. It killed two people, injured one Border Patrol agent. That's the word that we are getting right now. The FBI is investigating along with Canadian authorities. It's a vehicle explosion. Uh, sources are telling Fox News that the news that the vehicle was driving from the U.S. to Canada and was attempting to drive toward the border officer building. Uh, that's where they do these secondary um, investigations, or if they want to look closer at your car, that's where they do that. Some of you may have had that experience uh, at the border crossings. Now, uh, we spoke to Andy Arena this afternoon, former FBI agent and uh, one of our frequent guests here on WJR, uh, to ask his thoughts on what might be happening in terms of an investigation into this. And he said he can only, you know, that they're starting, of course, at right at that vehicle, what happened, what's in that vehicle, who was in there, what were they doing. Uh, and he said, you can imagine it's a full court press. When I asked him if he thought that other border crossings around the country uh, might be on higher alert, he said, absolutely. Now, our sources, Brian was able to get a hold of um, someone who could speak on the record in terms of what's happening at the Ambassador Bridge in the tunnel. And uh, he was told that right now they were waiting for a briefing uh, from federal authorities. Uh, but again, Andy Arena said you can well imagine that they're that they are uh, at a heightened uh, investigation or a heightened security uh, at these ports. We understand at these entry points. We also understand that the, at the Buffalo Airport, they have uh, up their screening procedures there as well. After this happened, all four ports of entry are closed in that area. Uh, it is a very Needless to say, we're looking at 55 million people on the roads and in the air this weekend as we start today into this holiday travel uh, season for the next few days. So you can well imagine that there are big, big backups at that Niagara area. I I don't really know uh, what their alternate route would be to try to get into the United States from or into Canada from from that point of entry. So it's very important to, if you're heading that way, you may want to rethink your your travel plans. Also, we got a caller uh, calling us and telling us that at the Blue Water Bridge, uh, there were, uh, the the delays are to be expected really at this time of, of day. Brian, I know you had a call from uh, someone to tell us a yeah. little bit about what was going on at the Blue Water. And you said the bridge was backed up. It seemed um, more backed up than normal, he said, for this time of day. But we're not seeing anything from the Blue Water Bridge that indicates this is anything abnormal. It's just holiday travel, in other right. words. Oh, absolutely. Again, um, I think he told you there was uh, 90 minutes for cars, yeah. 60 to 70 minutes, you said, yeah, uh, for, for commercial, commercial vehicles vehicle. entering into the United States. Right. So, again, you're heading that way. I mean, most people obviously would expect that if you're heading uh, out for holiday travel this weekend. So it's it's know kind of to be expected and, and there and, is a tweet here from uh, sheriff bouchard who says i have been getting regular updates about the attack on the bridge since it occurred we have no information that this is a threat related to our area but we will stay vigilant he says we always encourage people to be situationally aware and if they see something to say something right and as we talked with andy uh, a few uh, about a half hour ago and he we talked about what those uh, border crossings look like. I mean, we, most of us have been through the Canadian border. Uh, we're lucky enough to have that international border right here. Uh, but even the one in Niagara Falls, I've been through that one several times myself to visit family in upstate New York. 
and it is very um, organized. It is not a, what I would consider a soft target, and Andy agreed with that, that, um, you know, the, the Border Patrol agents have guns. There are cameras everywhere, and although cars are lined up one after another as you approach the booth, the actual um, where the Border Patrol agent is and they ask you those questions. Once you get into that area, though, you're alone. Your vehicle's alone with the Border Patrol agent. And apparently this incident occurred when the vehicle had to drive over to the area where you do a secondary um, investigation. So and that's- there is a statement here from, um, I'm sorry, Marie, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, the FBI the FBI, this is from the FBI's official statement. The FBI Buffalo Field Office is investigating a vehicle explosion at the Rainbow Bridge, a border crossing between the U.S. and Canada and Niagara Falls. The FBI is coordinating with local, state, and federal law enforcement partners in the investigation. Uh, as this situation is very fluid, that's all we can say at this time. And, and that was released about an hour ago. Right. And you know also that the Canadian authorities are involved in this as well because this is an international crossing. So it's very important that they're involved in this, too. So we're keeping an eye on that developing story. Let's talk about some better news here today. Uh, so much happening this weekend in terms of what's happening here in Detroit. We have the parade. It kicks off tomorrow at 845 and it goes for three miles right down Woodward Avenue. From Kirby to Congress, it'll last about an hour and a half. This is the 97th year for that parade. Uh, one of the country's oldest, if not the oldest, I would I would imagine it's right up there. So um, anyway, tomorrow the parade, 845 for an hour and a half. So you got to watch that. Then, of course, the Packers and the Lions, uh, they get underway at 1230 tomorrow. And then after that, of course, it's that great holiday dinner that we hope you will share with the people that you love in your family. We'll continue here on WJR in just a moment. And welcome back on our Wednesday afternoon before the big holiday. We hope you're well in your preparations and having a safe travel if you're heading somewhere else or maybe heading into town. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So Black Friday, of course, is a big shopping day, but it's also Fur-Free Friday. Tim Gund is the host of a new documentary, Ending Real Fur. It's on Unchained TV, and it's the story behind the cost, the true cost of fur in the fashion industry. Taymor uh, Chowdhury is joining us. He's the star of that show and also the director. Taymor, we're glad you could join us this afternoon. Hey, Marie. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Now, some countries have banned fur farming. How close are we to doing that here in the United States? Uh, we're pretty close. We have like legislation going up uh, in many different places. There was one in New York um, a couple of years ago where Tim Gunn and all the fashionistas of New York got behind this bill. It almost got into it almost was passed, but it was stifled by the agriculture industry by the end of it. Uh, that's due to because if we manage to ban fur farming from New York and um, the agriculture industry is going to get a really big blow because they'll think that they're next. So that's yeah. what, that's why even something small like this isn't passing through. I mean, fur farms, everybody is against it. I mean, I, you, you, there's just it just makes no sense to have fur farms in this day and age. 
Uh, yeah, you know, look, I I love the look of fur, but you know, today you've got such great options with faux fur. I just really don't understand why people wear real fur anymore. Are, are you of that school as well? Uh, well, it, the well, the documentary is about me being um, an uninformed consumer, and I first I come to Canada and I wear fur. I buy the jackets. I buy right into it. And then I realized, like, I started investigating on what it is. Like, where did I source my fur from? And then I realized that behind the the charm and, and the beauty of what might appeal to some people as fur, me personally, when I look at fur, I think it belongs on an animal. And we don't, it's, it's quite disturbing to wear an animal's skin. But I do understand, like, um, it's kind of like handed down from generations, this thing of fur being like this product that you kind of look at and you associate it with and you feel sexier in it. And it's just something that's ingrained in us that mm-hmm. to believe that it's sexy. But once you actually see the way that it's obtained from these animals, like the kind of torture, torturous life that they have to live and the, the horrendous way it's actually taken from them, um, you lose your taste for it forever. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, certainly a lot of people do. I want to uh, I want to ask you this though because a lot of people uh argue this point saying, "Look, I eat meat, so why can't I wear fur? Or it's my choice choice to wear fur. You might not like it, but I do. So uh, w- why prevent me from doing that?" How do you answer that argument? Well, the the thing is that I don't like telling people what to do. I like showing them that this is what's happening. And once you've looked at the information and you still assess that, hey, listen, I want to still wear fur, then that's me. That's fine. That's your choice. But I like to just make the choice available and kind of expose the hidden secrets that lie behind the fashion industry. And once you see it, I don't think there's anybody on this planet that would go back to wearing fur. Uh, Tamor, I'm sure you're not really popular in the fashion or in some sections of the fashion industry. What have you come? Have you been uh, getting a lot of blowback? Um, I have a lot of uh, blowback from the fur industry. Uh, they're kind of, uh, you know, after this documentary and they're after this whole investigation, because obviously they stand to lose a lot of money. Um, uh, I am from fashion myself. So I belong to um, a jewelry company and uh, I mean, we're always in fashion. So the reason why I took this up was I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to show people what was what was going on uh, behind these uh, closed doors. And so, yeah, I do get pushback from the fur industry and they're not a big fan. And and I I think it's also eye opening. Uh, I learned about this some uh, some years ago. That when you buy an item with fur on it, sometimes you don't know what kind of fur that is. And it could even come from a dog or a horse or who knows what else. So that's part of the problem here as well, is that it could be any animal. Yes, I, I that's one of the most disturbing things that I actually found out was I had this jacket on and I went to one of the animal rights agencies and I asked them, I was like, where do you get, what kind of fur is this? And they actually told me, Camille Labchuk from Animal Justice, she actually said that uh, this is dog fur that you're wearing. It's, it's an uh. Asiatic dog. It's a, brand, it's, a, it's, it's a breed of dog that you're wearing around your neck. And they've actually mislabeled it and they're calling it Asiatic raccoon. 
So companies are actually allowed to mislabel these uh, uh, the, because of the loose labeling laws. They they're just can write whatever they want as long as it's five percent of the article. And then consumers like me are duped. Like, can you imagine that you're walking your dog um, on the street and you're wearing a dog around your neck? Yeah. I mean, I felt like such a buffoon. I went and wore that for an entire year. Not that any other animal is like any less, but it just was shocking that as consumers, we don't have the right for information. Yeah. Where can they uh, where can we watch this uh, documentary Ending Real Fur on it? I, the network is Unchained TV, correct? Are we, we can all find that on our streaming services. Yes, it's on Unchained TV. It's on this Black Friday at 7.30 ET. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, we made the movie available for free. It's a free streaming platform and we donated the movie to the world so people can, uh, as many as people can watch it and get involved. Well, Tamor, we wish you a lot of luck with that. Tamor Chowdhury is the star and director of Ending Real Fur. Uh, Tim Gunn is involved in this, and we love Tim Gunn, so he's a good voice to have in your corner. Thank you, uh, Tamor. We appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. And, yeah, Tim Gunn gave me, actually gave us a lot of his time, and he's camp- actively campaigning for a couple of years now uh, behind Banning Fur Farms. So he's, he's quite the hero. He is indeed, and he's very well regarded in the fur industry. Thanks again, Tamor. Have a great holiday. And we, continue, and we continue here on WJR. We just want to remind everybody that if you're going to the parade tomorrow, uh, the weather gods might be with us tomorrow. We'll have to see for sure, but they may be with us, although it will be cold tomorrow. So you'll want to make sure everybody's bundled up really good. Uh, 845, the parade kicks off at Kirby, and it runs all the way to Congress. And as you well know, Part of the fun is watching, getting there real early, doing some people watching and getting a good seat uh, along the parade route. This is the 97th year for the parade. Lasts about an hour and a half, three miles right down Woodward Avenue. Also, we've got the uh, Lions game tomorrow for at 1230. We know the Lions and the Packers, of course, playing tomorrow. And this Everybody's a Lions fan, it seems, right now. So this is a great time to be a Lions fan. And uh, odds are looking in the Lions' favor tomorrow. We'll have to see how that is going. And, of course, we continue to follow this developing story out of Niagara Falls uh, with this car explosion at the border there, at the bridge border there. And we continue to watch as um, we're looking at slower travel times around our our, uh, ambassador and tunnel uh, right now, but Ambassador Bridge and the tunnel. However, it is a holiday weekend, so or a holiday evening, so we can imagine that that's part of the deal there as well. Have a great holiday, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. We have so much to be grateful for. We'll see you again next week.